Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I trust and pray that everybody had a great Christmas. And uh, we are looking forward to an exciting new year and the things that God is going to do in this year. We're specifically looking for an abundance and blessings and the harvest as God bring in the harvest in the year 2020. Amen. Before we get started, we'll open with a word of prayer. And I'm going to ask uh, Lisa Timmons to open up with a word of prayer. Thank you. Father God, we thank you. We worship you. We honor you. We magnify you. Lord God, we love you. We thank you. If we had 10,000 tongues, we couldn't praise you enough. We just lift up the name of Jesus, our Savior, our Deliverer, and we thank you for being our Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into all spiritual truths. We thank you for opening the scriptures to us in the name of Jesus. And now, Holy Spirit of God, we ask that you would just rest on Dan with a fresh anointing in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that anyone who uh, is listening to this or watching this, that their growth, that they will grow to love you more, to know you more, to have a stronger or more passionate desire to follow you in the name of Jesus. We thank you that the word will fall on fertile ground in the name of Jesus, and that it will bring forth his fruit in its season. I thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 Thank you, dear Lisa. So let me just say I'm excited. I'm excited about our study of the book of John. John is just packed with so much information and you can literally just use the book of John to study almost any of the major topics or themes regarding scripture. So just as a quick recap, uh, back in the month of November and December, we did our first recordings, our first Bible studies. And those Bible studies specifically did an introduction. And then we talked about who is God, who is Jesus, and who is the Holy Spirit. So now we're going to transition from talking about those specific topics to a look at and a study of the book of John. John is, of course, one of my most beloved books of all the books of the gospel. And when I recommend people read the Bible, I don't necessarily recommend that new believers or newcomers to Christ start out by trying to read the entire Bible, but read the book of John. Start out by reading the book of John. And the book of John will just give you so much information and just bring so much to you regarding what God has to say about his word, not only in the Old, but the New Testament. So with that being said, uh, we will jump into our study of the Gospel of John. And our last session, we did a basic introduction, but this, uh, in this session, we'll go a little bit more in detail. Again, before we begin our study of the book of John regarding the material we are using, I want to ensure that uh, your credit for the material that we're being used. We're using the commentary that is done by David E. Pratt. You can go online if you want to and buy this book. It's a wonderful commentary. I've been familiar with it for a while, and we'll use this commentary on the Gospel of John as a basis for, for our study. Some of the information is copyrighted if it's going to be used for distribution, but for private classes and sessions, students and, and leaders may, may use this material uh, with no penalty. Okay. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive into our study of the book of John. So the gospel of John, who, who's the author of this, this exciting book? 
You know, though John is not mentioned anywhere in the book of John, John is believed to be the author, the, the author of this book. And of course, John was a brother of James, the son of Zebedee. Although the author does not mention himself, he does refer to him in the book of John as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And we all know from the other gospel and, of course, from this gospel, that the author, that is John, was a personal eyewitness of the life and the miracles of Jesus. So then we come to the question, why did John write this gospel? And I'm going to ask one of you, if you would turn to John 20, 31, John chapter 20 and verse 31. And if you're there, look like George, you're there. Will you read John chapter 20, verse 31? This is the reason for John writing this gospel. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Okay, so there is the purpose of this book of John, primarily that we may believe in Jesus, and that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, that is really the foundation for salvation. John says that up front. That is the foundation for having salvation. That is having a relationship with God the Father. What I like about the book of John is that John uses a very simple language to convey his message. And the truth that he presents in this book is as rich and deep as anything that we find in all of Scripture. And we know that Scripture, for those of us who are students of Scripture, is just full of, of so many poetic statements and just bring stuff alive as, as we read through the Scripture. The other three Gospels, that is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they center around the events in Jesus' life. But, you know, you know John goes a bit further. John goes further, and he focuses on the meaning of these events. What are the meaning of all of these different events that occurs? And then while the other gospels tell us of Jesus feeding the 5,000, John gets behind that. And he gives us the message that says Jesus is the bread of life. So not only do we get the feeding of the 5,000, but in, in, in John's message, we're also told that Jesus is the bread of life. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven, the bread of life. So what is a theme? What is it that the underwriting message that John is presenting to us as we as we read the gospel and study the gospel of John? We believe that all scripture is inspired. Scripture itself says that scripture is inspired by men as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We believe that. So as such, we believe that the Gospel of John is an inspired record of the life of Jesus written by a person who was a first-hand eyewitness to the things that happened. Because he was an eyewitness, John is able to personally testify regarding most of the events that he talks about. The major purpose of John's record, again, is to provide evidence that Jesus Christ, in whom we must believe to be saved, Jesus is the Christ. There's no other. John repeatedly cites evidence to support this claim that Jesus is the Christ. And he often uses words such as witness, testimony, 
and other such similar words throughout this gospel. And then John achieves his purpose of this gospel by emphasizing the miracles, including many insights into the events that were happening <coughs> that are not recorded in the other three gospels. As a result of all of this, John gives us a unique record of Jesus' life that is of significant value in establishing the claim regarding who Jesus is. So some facts about the author. Knowing John's life helps us understand his record, that is, this Gospel of John, and especially shows us how thoroughly qualified the Apostle John was to speak as an eyewitness about Jesus' life. As I said before, he was the son of Zebedee, a brother James, who was also an apostle. And, of course, we all know that John was also a fisherman originally from the area around the Sea of Galilee. So let's read a couple of verses. Let's read Matthew 4.21. And if someone else would get uh, Acts 12, 1 and 2. Let's read Matthew 4.21. Uh, Joel, you can take Matthew 4.21. Lisa, you take Acts 12, 1 and 2. And Joyce, if you'll take Mark 1, 19 and 20. So, Joe, that was Matthew 4, 21. Lisa, that was Acts 12, 1 and 2. And for Joyce, that was Mark 1, verses 19 and 20. Matthew 4, 21. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John. Sitting in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their net, and he called them to come too. Okay, thank you. Acts, <clears throat> Acts twelve, Acts twelve one and two. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Okay, thank you. And then Mark 1, 19 and 20. Mark 1, 19 and 20. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So here in these verses... John states what has already been written because it is believed that John was the last of the four Gospels to be written, that Matthew, Mark, and Luke were all written before John. So he refers to Matthew and refers to Mark regarding who Jesus was and who James and John were. Who was John, the brother of James and the son of Zebedee, as stated in both Matthew and in Mark? And then in Acts, he tells us that James was killed, was beheaded the cause of the gospel. So some believe that John was one of the two disciples of John the Baptist whom Jesus pointed to. Uh, we'll go back around again. So if, um, Joe, if you would take uh, John 1, 35 and 39. We'll just continue to go round, round. We're going to John 1, verses 35 through 39. Yeah, and this is where uh, John sees Jesus and makes some comments about Jesus. 
John 1, 35 through 39. John 1, 35 through 39. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and then declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. Then John, two disciples, turned and followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Jesus replied, come and see. He said, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place they stayed there the rest of them, rest of their days. So here we have John talking very clearly about how they were called. And they saw Jesus. And before that, John, John the Baptist, that is, saw Jesus walking and said to his disciples, and again, as I said, it is believed that one of these disciples was John the Apostle here. But John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God. I can only begin to imagine what John the Baptist's disciples thought when John the Baptist of Jesus, behold the Lamb of God. See, because they had been following John, and John that they knew was a prophet. And John was well known and had been baptizing throughout the region and baptizing River Jordan. And then here comes his cousin, actually his cousin, Jesus is the cousin of John, born of Elizabeth, with Jesus, of course, being born by Mary. But John says it's his cousin, whom he really did not know because John went up into the desert for most of his life. But then he sees Jesus walking by and say, Behold the Lamb of God. Okay? John was called by Jesus to become a fisherman of men. He was continually with Jesus and so witnessed most of the events in Jesus' life. And if you recall what was just read, they went and saw, after Jesus said, Come and see, they followed Jesus, and then it says they remained with him. John was also named by Jesus to be an apostle. Uh, Lisa, if you could uh, read uh, Matthew 10, 2 through 4, and Joyce, if you would take Mark 3, 13 through 19. Matthew. Matthew 10, verses 2 through 4. And then, Joyce, you're going to be taking Mark 3, 13 through 19. Matthew 10, 2 through 4. Now, the name of the 12 apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus and Levaeus, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Okay, thank you. Mark three thirteen through 19. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, designating them apostles, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. 
These are the twelve he appointed, Simon to whom he gave the name Peter, James son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the names Bornerges, which means sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James son of Aphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Okay. So we have Matthew, Mark, and then if you were to read Luke 6, 12 through 19, uh, Luke also gives the same account of who the 12 apostles were, the 12 disciples of Jesus. And as you notice there, John was number four amongst those, those disciples and apostles of Jesus. So Jesus was beloved by the Lord. I'm sorry, John. John was beloved by the Lord and as he asked Jesus, who's going to betray you? And we see in John 13, 25, we'll go to John 13, 25, and we'll read that. So John 13, 25 reads, Leaning back against Jesus, he, that is John, asked him, Lord, who is he? And Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I dip, I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. John also, interesting, is the one who fled when Jesus was arrested. But then he went to his trial. Now, interestingly, John fled and he went to the trial, but he was not called upon like Peter. We're told how Peter was there looking. And then Peter, of course, was asked, what you with this fellow? What you one of his disciples? And of course, we know that Peter said, no, I don't know this guy. And as Jesus predicted, Peter denied him three times. But John was also at the trial, as recorded in Matthew 26 and John 18. Jesus asked John, to care for his mother after he died as Jesus was lying on the cross he turned to his mother Mary I mean he turned to John and said take this woman as your mother and John took care of Jesus mother John is also one of the disciples who visited the empty tomb after the resurrection let's go to uh, John 21 verse 1 through 7 John 21 and Joe will come back around to you John 21, verses 1 through 7. John 21, verses 1 through 7. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon, Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. 
At dawn, the disciples saw Jesus standing on the beach, but they couldn't see who he was. He called out, friends, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get plenty of fish. So they did. And they caught, so they, so they did, and they couldn't draw in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on a tunic, for he had stripped so he had stripped from work, jumped into the water, and swam the shore. And notice that you're in the boat, you're out there, you're supposed to be pulling in the fish, and there's so much fish you can't hardly put it in. And as soon as John realizes it's Jesus, he's so excited that it's Jesus, he jumps out of the boat and starts running through the water to get to Jesus. You know, that that to me that kind of tells of the the love that uh, John must have had for his Lord, Jesus. With Peter, John healed the lame man at the temple gate. And as a result, he was arrested and imprisoned, but he was later released. This is found in Acts chapter 4. John was also recognized by the apostle Paul to be a pillar of the church in Jerusalem. And of course, John was with Peter and James to witness the events the other apostles did not, did not get to see. Let's go to Mark 537 to see what this is. Mark 537, and at least I guess that would be you and then George. You take Luke 8 and 31. Mark. Mark 537, and then Luke, Luke 8, 51. George. All right, Mark 5:37. And he suffered no man to follow him save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Okay, I think we got to go back a couple of verses to put this in context because this is talking about raising Jared's daughter. So my notes have just got verse 37, but let's go back up uh, a couple of verses to pick up to put this in context about uh, the healing of the daughter. Okay. Up to 34? Mm-hmm. All right, so. Hmm. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole, or made you whole. Go in peace, and behold, behold of your plague. While he yet spake, there came, while he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Mm -hmm. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Okay. So John was there with the raising. John saw the miraculous miracles that Jesus did. And John could write about it and write about it with passion. Because not only like, like the other apostles, he not only saw, 
but he was the, probably the closest of all the disciples to Jesus. And then George, Luke. Luke 8, uh, 51. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. And then read on to the bush first where he actually... Uh, Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. All right. And then something very significant happened in verse 17. If you go to verse 17, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 17, verses 1 through Six. Is this John? Matthew. This is Matthew. 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 It's going to be Matthew chapter 17, yeah. verses 1 through 6. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 6 reads, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There... He was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I am well pleased, whom I love. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, let, let's take a look at what happened to you. You know, when Jesus was baptized by John, the voice from heaven also said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And now you have Jesus on the mountain with Peter, James, and John. And Moses and Elijah shows up. Can you imagine what those disciples experience? They have been with Jesus for a while now, and they have seen the many miracles that he performed. And now here it is, he is transformed, and two of the most revered prophets, Moses and Elijah, shows up. And these three disciples get to experience this. It is no wonder that these disciples, and especially John, or able to witness and carry the gospel. I mean, witness to the extent that they were willing to die for their Lord and their Savior and in what they believe. Before we wrap up today's session, there are a few other people that John talks about who witnessed to Jesus and about Jesus. So we're going to go to John Chapter 1, verse 41, and see what 
the scripture says to us. So John chapter 1, verse 41 and 42 reads, The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus said to him, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Let's also look at Philip when Philip was called, and we'll see that in chapter 1, verse 45. Verse 45. Chapter 1, verse 45 reads, Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Let's also take a look at Nicodemus. I think many are familiar with Nicodemus. So let's go to John chapter 3. And we'll read verses 1 through 3. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, but no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. It is amazing that this rabbi, even though he was a Pharisee, he actually admitted the truth, the truth that he knew. He and the other Pharisees knew that Jesus was the son of God because of the very deeds and miracles that Jesus was performing. Let's look at the Pharisees and what they have to say about all of this. Let's go to John, uh, John chapter 9, verses 16 through 30, 33. John chapter 9, verses 16 through 34. And this reads as follows. We're going to actually start in verse 13. And this is the Pharisees investigating the healing that Jesus was performing. So they brought to the Pharisees a man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was the Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But other asked, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight. Until they, set, until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he now see? We know he is our son. Their parents replied. And we know he was born blind. But how he can see or who opened his eyes. We don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. 
His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for already the Jews had decided they would that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said he is of age as him. A second time, they summoned a man who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, we have many songs about this very verse. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insects at him. I'm sorry. Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, and get this now, this is important. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listened to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a blind man. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And you know, it's amazing. Even today, in our world, in our time, it seems that all around us, our culture, our society, is doing all they can to deny Jesus, especially Jesus, because Jesus makes such declarations that other religions do not make. But thanks be to God, we have the Gospels. We have the gospel such as John that goes into such beautiful details about who Jesus is and write the entire book so that we may believe and know that Jesus is the Christ. Just a couple of more verses and we're going to wrap this session up. Some of the prophetic words and prophecy fulfilled regarding Jesus. Let's go to John 5. 45 through 47. That's John chapter 5, verses 45 through 47, and see what is quoted regarding Moses. So John 45, I'm sorry, John 5, 45 through 47 reads, but this is Jesus speaking now. But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believe Moses, you will believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? This is Jesus declaring the fulfillment of prophecy. Going all the way back to Moses. He says that Moses wrote about me. Okay. Let's go to John chapter 12, verses 37 through 41. And see what is said regarding Isaiah. That is John chapter 12. Verses 37 through 41. Even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, 
Who has believed that message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and deafened their hearts. So they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I will heal them. You know, it is most unfortunate. It's really uh, very, very unfortunate that the very people to whom God sent his son, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, through whom God performed so many miracles, all the things that were done with the nation of Israel, and yet when their Messiah came, they did not believe. Thanks be to God, because we have the scripture. And because we do believe in the scriptures, we can have a relationship with Christ, with God the Father through the Holy Spirit, that many in the day of Jesus outright rejected. Moving on, let's read about Jesus himself. We'll go to chapter 13, verse 18 and 19. Chapter 13, verses 18 and 19. And in these verses, Jesus says, I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill the scripture. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. I tell you the truth. Anyone or whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sends me. And then lastly, Jesus performed many miracles. A few of those miracles he performed, he performed are found in John chapter 2. Verses 1 through 11, where Jesus turns the water into wine. And then in John chapter 4, verses 46 through 54, he healed the nobleman's son 